I also want to thank all of you who sent me pictures of your Hanukkahs. Here are a few of the Hanukkah pictures we posted. We shared those each night during Hanukkah, and there was an amazing response on Facebook and Instagram. Over 180,000 people saw these during the eight days of Hanukkah. What a great blessing it was to share our Hanukkah light with people all over the world. And remember, with spiritual blessings, there are also spiritual battles. And we did have a few anti-Semites and anti-Zionist comments from Hamas people. We just hid their comments or deleted them or reported them. We didn't respond to them because responding triggers the algorithm and you just get a whole lot more that way. It was a good lesson for me in self-restraint. Thanks again to all of you who shared your Hanukkah pictures with us. Before we begin our Torah study, I want to thank everyone for your generous financial support, your generosity, your cheerfulness, your consistency really make a difference. Please consider becoming a regular supporter and making a generous donation at this time. You can go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com giving for all the details about our online giving platforms, giving fire and PayPal, and our mailing address for checks and for your bank bill pay services. And please consider including Beth Israel in your end of year giving. Your end of year contributions help us finish the year well and begin the new year with strength. Before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Every year at Hanukkah, we study the life of Joseph. The life of Joseph teaches us that we can discover God wherever we are, in whatever situations, in whatever circumstances. You can learn to use your difficult circumstances, and they will help you become God's man or woman. This attitude will make you more effective in life, and it will help you embrace where you are so that it becomes the right place and the right time for what God is wanting to do. You can be used by God in every kind of situation and every kind of circumstance. That's a lesson from the life of Joseph. Pharaoh was in a very difficult situation, and so was Joseph. And God had a plan to connect these two men. It was a difficult plan. Joseph was in Egyptian prison. And there he interpreted some dreams of other prisoners. That's how Joseph ultimately connected with the man who would one day tell Pharaoh that Joseph could help him. That man had promised Joseph that he would try to get Joseph out of prison. But when he was released, he forgot about Joseph. And so Joseph remained in prison. And then at just the right time, God showed that he was at work and used the forgetting to help Pharaoh and the whole nation of Israel, and in this way, to help all of Israel as well. This week, uh, we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 41. Joseph has been in prison way too long, it seems. That's how it looks after Pharaoh's chief butler had promised to speak up on Joseph's behalf. Two years passed, but remember, God was at work, and Joseph was in just the right place. At just the right time. Let's look at some highlights from Genesis chapter 41. 
starting in verse one. Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. Then going to verse eight. Now it came to pass in the morning that Pharaoh's spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Verse nine. And then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my sins this day. And then verse 10, Pharaoh was once angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in the custody of the captain of the guard. One night, both the chief baker and I had dreams and each dream had its own meaning. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams and he interpreted them for us individually. And it happened to us just as he had interpreted. I was restored to my position and the other man was hanged. Let me make a comment here because it's an important moment when the chief butler recognizes his sin and he decides to fix what he can. It's a good principle. Fix what you broke first. Then verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. Verse 16. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of shalom, or you could say an answer of peace or even a complete answer. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? It's interesting. The Lord was at work and Pharaoh recognized that the spirit of God was at work. Ruach Elohim, verse 9, 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. So Mishpocha, what Joseph is experiencing is a promise of God about God's nature, that God is with us. He's with us in good times. He's with us in times of difficulty. He is with us when everyone else has left us. When we are all alone, the Lord will keep us and he will stay with us. Circumstances alone cannot separate us from the love of God. They may try, but they don't really have the power or the authority. So don't surrender to circumstances. There's a completely different kind of surrender that is needed, and that is a broken and contrite heart that you share with the Lord. Psalm chapter 34, verse 17 through 19 speaks of this. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. So Mishpachad, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. That closeness is always possible. 
So draw near to him and you'll learn as Joseph did. And as the psalmist did, you will learn that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Psalm 51 verse 17 teaches us more. My sacrifice, my offering, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. The psalmist understands that when we're brokenhearted, we may pull away, we may isolate ourselves because we're hurt. And instead, we can offer a special kind of sacrifice to the Lord, and that is our own heart. And we can say, Lord, I bring to you my broken heart. I come to you with my broken heart and my disappointments. And you can go into as much detail as you need to. And at the same time, you can say to him, thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for letting me fellowship with you when I'm suffering. Thank you, Lord, for what you do for me during these times. Isaiah, one of Israel's great prophets, also speaks of this. He speaks in Isaiah 57, verse 15. For this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but I also live with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So Mishpacha, our own will may be broken, we may be disheartened. So what to do? I think this is a time to come with humility to the Lord in our weakness, yes, in our sorrow, and we can humble ourselves before him, knowing that what we're taught in Matthew is true, Matthew 23, 12, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. They will be lifted up. And Peter speaks of this as well in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So that means that we need to embrace the humbling which God has initiated, knowing that he is still in charge, and he is still watching over our lives. It is okay to say that the Lord is humbling us, because this may break that part of our own will that's independent of God, that doesn't depend on him, that doesn't trust him, that part that wants to go our own way. Sometimes people come to God, but this aspect of their will is not broken. But we're really like wild horses in a sense that need to be harnessed. We need to be broken like a horse needs to be broken so we can be trained. It's part of the training. Joseph's will was broken. He accepted the Lord's authority and the Lord's goodness. And when I say authority, what I mean is that the Lord was in charge. And when I say his goodness, what I mean is this, that he knew that the Lord was working for good for his good, and for the benefit of others. I want you to see how important it was that Joseph's will was broken in this way. Pharaoh needed him. Egypt needed him. The Egyptian people would have starved and been destroyed without Joseph. As a matter of fact, Israel needed him. 
his brothers, the very ones who had rejected him and sold him into slavery. They needed him. Israel was in the famine too. Israel would have starved and perished. The people of Israel and the people of Egypt needed Joseph. Joseph was God's man. And so being in prison and even waiting those two years, he was in the right place at the right time because he was ready to serve the Lord and he was open to God's plans and responsive to God's timing. Responsive, let me say it again, responsive to God's timing. Sometimes we're not open to God's plans. We're not responsive to his timing because we hate our life because of the circumstances we're in. Sometimes, in fact, we even turn away from God because of those circumstances. But I want to tell you that God can use our circumstances to build us up, to purify us, to empower us, to prepare us. God will use your circumstances to build your strength and your power and your boldness, and your faith. He'll use the blessings, and he will use the battles too. Blessings and battles, we've been talking about that for quite a while. The Lord will use your circumstances to deliver you from fear. After you go through fearful situations, you'll notice that you're less afraid in the future. He will deliver you also from false understandings. You may have thought things were going to go one way, but it turned out another way. You may have thought that life always works in this certain way, but it turns out you were wrong. He'll deliver you. I know that. He delivered Joseph. He's delivered me. I can tell you that. And he will deliver you from fear, from false understandings, and from empty vision. Empty vision, what is that? It's, it's vision that's self-centered. It's all about me. It's egocentric. You could say we put God on the sidelines of our life, when in fact, God deserves to be in the center of our lives. We could have the wrong goals and purposes driving us. We could be driven by goals and purposes, but the wrong kind and the wrong ones. And the Lord can deliver us from what seems to us to be a dreadful or even hopeless situation and hopeless future. Sometimes we may give up our hope and our faith and trade them in for strong hopelessness and great fear. And we become convinced by our hopelessness and by our fear. We may embrace a false destiny because of that. We may think we know what our lives are all about, but we can never really know until we develop a real relationship of trust with the Lord and we let him reveal to us what our future is all about. Mishpacha, God can use your circumstances to deliver you into God's will for you. And I say deliver you into. What I mean is deliver you into God's purposes, into God's calling, into God's plans, into his hope in his future. So what's necessary? What does it take? First of all, it takes submission to the Lord, and that takes autonomy. We have to use our free will and our personal authority 
to willingly submit ourselves to the Lord. The Lord's will is not coercive. Even though he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he always wants our will to be mixed with love. And he wants us to be able to depend on him. And so we have to submit in a way where we are depending on him and we're trusting him. We're trusting him not just at the beginning of a matter, but all the way through to the end. Remembering those great teachings of Yeshua that the one who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew 10, 22, it's the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Matthew 24, 13 said again, the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. And I love the exhortation of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. We hold tightly to the hope we affirm. That's the exhortation. So hold on, Mishpocha. Hold on to the hope. The hope that we affirm. You can't hold on to hope that you don't affirm. Affirming means to say yes to the hope. We say yes to the hope that God gives us because we serve the God of hope. We hold on. That's one part. That's our part. And at the same time, you let God hold on to you and get a hold of you. Let him get a hold of all that you are, what you see and what you pay attention to, how you think, what you desire, your goals and your ambitions. That's what Joseph did. And as we continue in the weeks to come with the story of Joseph, we'll see more and more how it worked out. And I want to tell you, that as it was for Joseph, so it is with us. It's the essence of finding ourselves in Messiah. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But by God's doing, you are in Messiah Yeshua, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It's by God's doing, everyone. It's by God's doing you're in Messiah Yeshua. He has become to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. This is God's doing. This is what he has done. And it's marvelous. Joseph experienced the closeness of God even during his times of trouble. And the times of trouble were turned into times of blessing because he was waiting on the Lord. The Lord renewed his strength because those who wait on the Lord will be renewed and they won't be disappointed. Here's a closing verse from Isaiah 30, verse 18. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the life of Joseph. Thank you for the life of Messiah. And thank you for giving us the life of hope and blessing that comes from trusting you and holding tight to you in all that you've done for us through Messiah Yeshua. Let our lives be a blessing, Lord, to you and to others, and let our light shine in a way that honors you. We pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ye'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. In a moment, we're going to share with you a little Hanukkah song from the Saturday service from Sandy and me and the entire Beth Israel team. Thanks for joining us. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.